Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. With a population of 454, not much happens in Berthold, North Dakota, but when it does, boy, does it happen big, as in this drunk driving arrest Monday afternoon. Police there say 45-year-old Michael Carr was in town from Seattle to work as part of a harvest crew, and while we don't know what led to all the drinking, we do know that when the crash occurred, Carr had a blood alcohol content of 0.11. Now that in and of itself isn't that unusual, but what he was driving was, as police there say the men swerved on a perfectly flat roadway, it's the plains after all, and then rolled and totaled the combine he was driving. By the way, the John Deere combine can be purchased used for somewhere between $160,000 and $220,000. It's like a Lamborghini for corn, isn't it, Cliff? That's exactly right. <laughs> yep. Your story you led off with today about schools. Yeah. That got me to thinking, Cliff, about if I was in school yeah. right now. Yeah. And with all of the... Uh, COVID-19 stuff going on and the face mask wearing. I know exactly what would be going on in my school, Cliff. The uh, guys that used to pick on me would yeah. always make sure that, uh, well, make sure the nerd's mask is properly on before we stick his head in the <laughs> toilet here. <laughs> so it would be like a wedgie for your face. It would be a wedgie. Yeah, exactly right, Cliff. It's, it's like a mask wedgie. <laughs> right. A mask wedgie for your face. That's, well, Cliff, do you have any big plans? Because this entire year, every holiday seems yeah. to be like a blah moment for us. <laughs> well, in keeping with the blah, uh, I thought I'd just work. <laughs> I'm going to, too. Yeah. Well, so I might, we'll, we'll what? I might take off a little bit on... Saturday and Sunday, and possibly okay. leave early on Monday, right after this award-winning, fantastic program that we're going to put on on Monday. <laughs> on so so the day that it's a holiday and everyone's sleeping late and no one's listening, that's the day we're going to be really. We're good. going to be really good, and um, <laughs> but after ten, I think on Monday, Cliff, I don't have a lot yeah. of plans for Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go across the street and down the road a little bit and mm-hmm. hang out at Menards and. I think I'm going to watch people make keys in there. I, I find Ooh. that entertaining. Ooh. You know, you there's probably a better view at Rural King. That's right. It's not inside a box, is it? Yes. Yeah. You can get some face action in on those keys. That's right. You can get right up there and, and literally feel the grinding. That's where I'm going then. I want to feel the yeah. grinding at Rural King while they're making keys, to, Cliff. Excellent idea. You know, Cliff, I might even go over on a Saturday and take a look at that, too. Just see? It's worth a shot. I mean... What else would be entertaining? <laughs> Absolutely nothing this year. But our show Monday is going to be extremely... Oh, my goodness. We'd yesterday marked the 75th anniversary of a day that not many people think about all that much anymore. But the facts surrounding the surrender of Japanese forces at the end of World War II are interesting enough that it just tramples all over, take it to the bank, and is presented here. The battleship Missouri steamed into Tokyo Bay early that morning, and at 9.02 a.m., a brief 23-minute ceremony began with a speech by General Douglas MacArthur. Then two Japanese officials signed the formal instrument of surrender. That was followed by the signing of the document by representatives of nearly every country that had participated in the Allied war effort, including the U.S., the Republic of China, 
the Commonwealth of Australia, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Russia, England, France, and Canada. Each man solemnly stepping forward to place their signatures on two copies of the document, one for Japan and another for the Allies, and then passing the pen to the next. And as you might expect, since we're talking about it here, there was just one problem. Colonel Lawrence Moore Cosgrave of Canada signed the Japanese copy of the surrender document in the wrong place, on the line intended for France. And then he handed the pen to General Philippe Leclerc, who probably wanted to surrender on the spot because he, because he had nowhere to sign. Eventually, everyone after the Canadian signed out of place, and the final signature by the delegate from New Zealand was made in an open space at the bottom. The botched document now on display in a museum in Tokyo. And, by the way, the Canadian's mistake may have come from the fact that he lost an eye in World War I and had difficulty with depth perception. Makes sense, doesn't it, Cliff? It certainly does. <laughs> I thought you was going to say they flipped it over on the back and just <laughs> put your signature on the back back there. Cliff, this month of September is piano month, and I was going to oh, ask. Yeah, so. uh-huh. hmm. Did you ever take piano lessons? Uh, I did not. Did you ever uh, think about it? No. Um, you know, my brother had all the, the musical talent in the family. I had the visual talent, which is why I'm now a professional photographer. And I don't think your brother ever took any lessons, did he? Well, he tried. Um, but there was something about, I don't know, learning. <laughs> <laughs> See, he had, he had, his problem was, if people would know music, they could say he played by ear. So if he heard it, he could play it back. And so the piano teacher wants you to learn by looking at the music as it's written you know on the on the sheets how that works so in, instead of basically learning that process he just asked the music teacher to can you just play it once for me so i know how it goes well by then he had it memorized because he could play it back from ear <laughs> that's pretty impressive though <laughs> no it totally is to me that's better than being able to read the music actually but at some point you have to be able to read the music well, that's what they told me when I took lessons as a kid. I didn't yeah. do it very long. I had to walk across yeah. town to this woman's house, and mm-hmm. the house smelled like leather. I don't know what was going on in there, Cliff, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> and I just never could get a, ha- a handle on it. But yeah. when this pandemic's over and all of that stuff, we can all get it back out and do things. If yeah. you have a celebration of some kind, a birthday party or something, and you need someone to come and play the piano, and it sounds like there's a live chicken trapped inside of it. I'm the guy you need to get. A lot of people call it tickling the ivies. I don't know what I'm tickling, Cliff. I'm like <laughs> plucking a chicken or something. Well, Cliff, from time to time, yep. and it happened again this week, okay. people are posting pictures of different foods. Usually it's French fries or Big Macs from McDonald's where they haven't yeah. decomposed in years. And this week... It was a picture of a Big Mac that's been in the closet for 24 years and looks pretty <laughs> doggone good. Okay. And I think it's a bad sign, Cliff, whenever yeah. the company that's coming out with this has to uh, assure everyone that, yes, our burgers actually do decompose. Now, I, <laughs> and that's, that's, like, that's a double-edged sword right there. That is, because... <laughs> When I read that this morning, the McDonald's said, oh, yeah, our food decomposes. The reason the others aren't is because there's not enough moisture to make that, you know, in the atmosphere to make that happen. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you should be 
having to state to me that my, you know, your food <laughs> will eventually get moldy and decompose itself. Do you? <laughs> this yeah. face mask thing has become a multi-million dollar business. There's a company called Dogs and Dorks. I thought this was okay. pretty good. You yeah. can take a picture of your dog and upload it, mm-hmm. just the face of him, and yeah. they'll make a mask that has your dog's face on there. <laughs> so when you put it on, it looks like you've got the dog so, face. <laughs> so you'll look like your dog. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Costs 15 bucks to do. Dogs and dorts, Cliff. Cliff, I'm going to try not to break a rule here this morning. Okay. You know that S word we're not supposed to say anymore? Yes, the, uh, the name of the uh, long... Slithering animal with no legs. Correct. Yeah, we're not saying that. Yesterday, right before we got mm-hmm. off the air at 10, yeah, I was threatened with an S word. <laughs> you were. Yes, one of our okay. listeners yeah. has won a prize and is telling me that they're coming in to collect it today, bringing the 13-foot-long S word. <laughs> So they're bringing that along to get their prize. I don't need to see that. Leave that in your car because I'm not a snake fan at all. Oh, it said it. Oh, you said it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not a fan oh, of the S word. Okay, I violated. Yes, I well, I'll feel violated if you bring the S word in here. I don't want that thing in here. Weed police in Waterloo, Iowa, say what they found in a home last spring definitely going to show up when this couple goes on trial. Some of it's probably still in their nostrils. Officers were called to a home May 23rd after reports of a gunshot in the backyard. And inside the home, they found a 22-month-old and a 7-month-old child playing in what may have looked like the conference room at the morning roadshow department of just in time for breakfast. Officers say near where the children were playing, the floors were covered in urine and garbage. There were insect infestations and guns and feces. Which, by the way, would be an interesting name for a rock band. A 20-year-old man and an 18-year-old woman both now face charges of child endangerment. Can you imagine some of the songs you could write if the name of your band was Guns and Feces? (laughs) Oh, Cliff, Cliff. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The only thing I can imagine now is that I never knew that the uh, just-in-time-from-breakfast bunch actually had a conference room, and I can't unwrap my head around that of what it looks like. Oh, you don't want to know. I know. I don't want to know. Oh, something else real quick, Cliff, in 10 seconds. Okay. I don't need any more pictures of snakes coming in on text messaging. You're just going to say it now, aren't you? Yes. I, I know what they look like. Stop it. I saw this story, Cliff, about a video. It's going viral right now about a speech that a uh, politician in Lincoln, Nebraska, made to the city Mm -hmm. council. He wants Lincoln to be the lead in charge of renaming boneless chicken wings. (laughs) Of all the things we could um, try to solve. Uh, I didn't. I saw that. I saw the headline. I didn't realize it was actually a politician who was claiming that. I thought it was just some guy that was getting up during a city council meeting. Upset about it because he's claiming yeah. mm-hmm. there's nothing about boneless chicken wings that actually come from the wing of a chicken. And well, that's he, true. He says yeah. that we would be disgusted if your butcher mislabeled yeah. their cuts of meat. And so we have to go around in society and pretend 
as yeah. the breast of a chicken is actually its wing, and he thinks that's wrong. <laughs> now, that is kind of cute and funny. Yeah. But the disgusting part is yeah. the name that he wants to call this new product instead of uh, chicken wings. Is what? Wet tenders. <laughs> wet tenders. Imagine walking up to the <laughs> counter and saying, I need eight wet tenders. That just... I'd like an order of wet tenders to go. It kind of goes through you, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> there's, there's only one thing worse. What? You could call them moist. Oh. <laughs> I'd like an order of moist tenders, no. please. No, you don't. No. No, Cliff. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Saucy nugs. How about that? <laughs> Salty nugs. <laughs> this pandemic mess and all of this stuff going on, it's causing a lot of heartache for a lot of folks. I hadn't yep. really thought of this till I read it this morning, but uh, it's causing a lot of musicians to have to stop what they do and love to explore other careers to make a little bit of money so they can continue living. Now, of course, I mean, not the that, superstars. That makes sense. Not the superstars or right. Nothing. No, but but behind every superstar is a drummer and guitar players and um, keyboard players and all of that kind of thing who basically are hourly employees. I mean, they're they're fairly well compensated for what they do, but if they can't play live, they're not working. And I've kind of never even thought about that, Cliff. I mean, yeah, you think about the person that you pay the money to go see, but yep. Without the rest of those fo folks, all mm -hmm. you're going to be seeing and hearing is a guy with an acoustic guitar playing at you. Yeah. I mean, everyone, all, all the big names are doing things online. Like, I think Brett Eldridge is doing something online. And Jake Owen is like, he's he's doing stuff online. But it's just him and his guitar. And sometimes his daughter sings along, which is really funny, by the way. But his band, well, his band's kind of out of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, that's exactly right. So a lot of musicians yeah. are exploring other careers, and please let yeah. one of those be Billy Ray Cyrus. Please, <laughs> please, please. I almost, Cliff, almost this yeah. morning, let one mm -hmm. of our wonderful listeners do today's Take It to the Bank. Oh, you did, huh? Yes, I did. Really? I considered that because, <laughs> as you well know, this part of the program is absolutely true. Yes. And this listener called in, Cliff, and left a voice message. Mm -hmm. Short, sweet, and I'll have to say, truer words were never spoken. Okay. And here's what we were going to do for the Take It to the Bank this morning. Okay. Top of the morning to you, Phil McCracken. You're talking about unemployed musicians? Nobody wants to hear the bagpipes. That's true. Nobody no, that's wants absolutely to hear the bagpipes. <laughs> And that would have been a great take it to the bank, Cliff. I'm telling you, we probably should have went with that. But we're yeah. going to go with what I mentioned earlier. Auction Web, celebrating its 25th birthday today. It started okay. in 1995. Yep. We know it today as eBay. But oh, it's, really? It started out as being called Auction Web. And one okay. of the first items that was sold on Auction Web was a broken laser pointer for $14.83. <laughs> Yeah. Now, the man who started Auction Web, Pierre Midier, mm -hmm. contacted mm -hmm. the winning bidder and said, Hey, you do understand the laser pointer is broken. And the buyer says, <laughs> I'm a collector of broken laser pointers. I want the thing for $14.83. <laughs> and that's how it all got started, Cliff. Yeah. And then he would just use this 
Mediator mm. did is kind of a hobby, just something to do. Yeah. And his internet provider service said, you have so much traffic on here, we're going to have to switch you over to a business account, raise your fee from $30 a month to 250 and that started him charging you to use eBay to sell your wares. And that's huh. how it all got started. Cool. Now, it's launched, and it was launched as an auction yeah. site, but right now, the Buy It Now button, you've seen it a million times. Yep. That's where most of the sales come from. I had no idea that's been around for 25 years. Did you? I had n none at all. Cliff, was there anything said today? Phrases of the day start with number three. A mask wedgie for your face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what you got in middle school, but in a different location. Exactly right. <laughs> number two. Guns and feces. A good name for a rock band. <laughs> Oh, have you heard their new single? It's crappy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's number one? The number one morning road show phrase for today. I'd like an order of moist tenders, please. Oh, <laughs> you said it again, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry, no, I'm not. <laughs> I know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.